And yo, it's the two Jew crew, Robin Youssef. Run your mouth, express yourself. Voicing our concerns and relieving your stress. And yeah, we do this shit for free, but you can pay in respect. Steady dropping knowledge and the issues are fresh. Yeah, the show is live, but we do it to death, most death. You know that no one does it better than us. But don't listen with your kids, cause we're likely to cuss. Weighing in on some dope topics. Lend a ear while we talk our shit. Cause you know we bound, it'll be so profound. Make you think a little when we push it down. Let us do the talking, just relax and unwind. Laugh your ass off, baby, have a good time. Robin, you, Seth, yeah, we something sublime. Run your mouth, bitch, yo, we out of our minds. Run your mouth. What is up, listeners of the Run Your Mouth podcast? We are back in studio, sadly, no Yosef. Uh, the man's got a stomach virus once again. Unbelievable. I think we got to uh, rally the troops and protest his diet. I think that should be the uh, next protest that we got planned. He will be sorely missed. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play some ween this episode. Why am I going to play some ween? Because what kind of a podcast host would I be if I didn't expose people like you to songs like Waving My Dick in the Wind? <laughs> I actually, I don't know if this can be great background music, but... Uh, we're uh, alone in my apartment, and um, we're going to be talking about topics such as Harvey Weinstein, um, that fucking creep. Um, we're going to be talking about gun control. We're going to be talking about a whole lot of things that if you were my neighbor just listening to me talk out loud, <laughs> you'd be like, what the fuck is going on with that guy? Um, so I do think I am going to play a little background music, but we're probably going to have to change it up from waving my dick in the wind. I don't know. Are you guys into it? Write me, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Um, okay, guys, we got a lot to talk about. I do want to get started, um, but first thing that we do need to comment on is some of the protests that happened this week. First and foremost, guys, we got to get the numbers up because by next year this time, I want to be able to go into the world and protest some stupidity. I want to show up to random businesses and protest the fact that they're putting out pumpkin products too early. I want to go to random bodegas that are jacking up the prices on their Arizona cans. I want to show up to your work office and let your boss know that it's unacceptable that you don't have enough vacation days. I think that that's a service that we could be providing to our fans. <laughs> so write in robsnewsroom at gmail.com. If you like what we're doing here, you like this song, you like Yosef's tales about diarrhea, tell your friends about us. That's the only way that uh, anyone's ever really going to know that we exist. All right, I'm going to turn down the, uh, the dial a little bit, but... I really can't make up my mind on whether or not the music is helping. Um, I'm going to turn it off for now. Maybe we'll go back to it. Okay. So the first story that I wanted to get into is um, Mike Pence and the little protest that he did, which I'm giving a failing grade on his protest. So if you guys don't know what happened, he went to this football game. Some people were taking a knee. And so he left for the football game. And here's the stupidity of this. It's like he basically said, I won't stay anywhere where they disrespect the flag. Sure, I'll sit in traffic, I'll bring a motorcade, tailgate, buy a ticket, get flown with the helicopter, but when they do the exact thing I know that they're going to do, I'm leaving. Like, what a fucking idiot. I boo you, Mike Pence, for your dumb protest. Like, you want to know what would have made a better protest? And I'm open to ideas on this. If you guys have other ideas, we're going to open up a professional shop here. But what he should have done is given free beers to fans to do to boo players who took a knee, or, you know, like uh, giving out free beers if uh, people threaten their kids on social media. I feel like that might have been more successful. But, um, you know, I'm open to ideas on that. All right. 
no Yosef here, so we're gonna fly through some fucking topics. And I got some I got some meaty shit coming up. We're gonna get a balls deep into gun control. So I'm looking forward to that. And now that the music's off, my neighbor's gonna hear every word of it. Who knows? Maybe he'll have a gun, he'll come over and shoot me. Um, okay, this was a nutty article I read in Men's Health. It was called Why Men Should Not Eat Placenta. Celebrity Trends. Um, sorry, I don't have the article number for you guys. I, I I have to step up my game. I was off for a week. I apologize. Um, but I'm pretty sure that, you know, like when the popular kids in high school would lie about doing shit so that the rest of us would try it like a bunch of fucking idiots. I'm pretty sure that's what's going on like with, with these kind of things. Like I, like, I think they just claim to do these nutty things that idiots at home will go ahead and try it also. Like, uh, I can't, because there's actually no scientific evidence that um, eating the placenta does anything. But I was thinking this, like, if life was like the movies, because um, all these other celebrities, I guess what they did is they'll take the placenta. I don't know what the placenta is. I assume it's some bloody thing that comes out of a pussy when you give birth. I just assume. Um, but... What they'll do is they'll grind up the placenta, they'll take it in pill form, and then they claim that it enhances their mood. That they've, um, you know, it's like, uh, uh, I don't know, it enhances their mood. That's their bullshit claim. But I could just see Jason Biggs, if you don't remember him, he's the American Pie guy. So I could see someone like, um, <laughs> I could see them like going in and uh, Jason Biggs is like just hunched over this pail, eating the placenta. He's got blood all over his mouth, all over his hands. And someone's like, in pill form, you idiot. We eat it as a pill. But, um, life is not like the movies, so I bet he, um, I don't know, like, why are my levels fucked up? Can someone answer this for me? Can someone get me an engineer on the podcast that they can, uh, run levels for me? And so, I don't have to, okay, you guys don't want to hear about me adjusting levels. I know that. All right, that's enough of the, uh, Jason Big story, and we've got more news. We got, this is, this is where the big stuff's coming in. This is when we start getting into some big topics, everybody. I hope you're excited. So the first thing I want to talk about is this Harvey Weinstein guy all over the news. I mean, this guy's going to get the, the creep, the creep of the, the creep of the year award. The only guy who's happy about this is Cosby. It's like, finally, someone, someone who's worse than me in Hollywood, you know? So this is what happens. Basically, like we all, I think we all think that this goes on in Hollywood anyways, that if you want to get cast in a movie, you just got to blow the right dude. Next thing you know, you get like a part in that HBO vampire, whatever. I don't know. But I think in, in, in our minds, we all kind of think like that's the way Hollywood works. I, I don't know why we think that. Maybe because we've all watched too much of that casting cast. Uh, casting couch porn, or maybe you don't because you're a normal human being. Um, but let's talk about this Harvey Weinstein guy. You know, N- enough about us and our creepy habits. Let's hate on this guy for that guy's creepy habits. So a lot of people were giving him shit. Well, they weren't. Not only were they giving him shit, but they're also giving shit to some of the women that have worked with him because he's actually been more thanked in Oscar speeches than God. No one's been thanked in Oscar speeches more than this guy Harvey Weinstein. So some people are asking, like, how come all of these empowered feminist icons like uh, like a Meryl Streep, how come they haven't gone after this Harvey Weinstein guy? If it was so legendary in Hollywood that this guy's been creeping on women, how come they're not going after him? Um, and I was thinking about this and like, would it really be like more empowering if like someone like Meryl Streep came out and was like, yeah, he really put it up there. I mean, <laughs> sure, I won a bunch of Oscars, but I had to give that guy a bunch of hand jobs to do it. And then, like, young actresses, you know, they're taking classes and, like, I fucking knew that this was bullshit. I always knew it just had to blow someone. I don't even know why I'm trying to work on my craft. Like, would that actually be more empowering? Um, I want to say, like, I, I think it's, an, it's not worth being a hero in life. 
you know, like, I, I feel like we're, we're looking at these women and we're like, well, how come they didn't do something for the next person? And I, I like, I work at this club, it's called LOL. And, um, it, it's not the best club in New York city. I think they kind of overcharge tourists. They don't really take good care of the comics. Um, they don't pay any of us. I've worked there for, I mean, they actually, they pay the headliner. Um, but for the most part, they don't really pay people. And I could protest that I could show up tomorrow and go, Hey Roy, I think you're running a shitty business here. You're overcharging. I shouldn't be putting his name out there. Literally the one guy in all of Manhattan that gives me spots and I'm shitting on him on my podcast. But lucky for me, I don't think any of you are going to write Roy. If any of you motherfuckers writes Roy, I will, single-handedly show up to every house of the other people that listen to this podcast and get them to come over me dressed in night suits to attack you while you're at work. We're not going to do any of that. I don't know why I'm threatening you at work. I don't know why I'm offending the one guy who gives me comedy spots. Let's take it a step back. Let's say theoretically there was a Times Square comedy club and there was an owner of this comedy club and his name was something other than Roy. And let's say that individual had such a successful business model that he was able to rip off tourists... (laughs) (laughs) and not pay the comics that he gave spots to. And he really didn't treat people well. Let's just imagine that that was a theoretical thing that could happen somewhere in the world, like a Times Square area. Um, So, like tomorrow, I could show up tomorrow, and I could be like, hey, fuck you, Roy, I I feel like you're running a bad business here. And um, you know what happened? Absolutely nothing. That place would continue to charge tourists what they charge tourists. Other comics would work there. I just wouldn't work there, and that's why I continue to show up, because... I have an incentive to do so. I get to continue to work on my comedy, improve it, and uh, hopefully get paid for it someday down the road. That's the thing with these chicks. It's like, you know, 20 years ago, I'm sure if, you know, if they had made a statement, nothing would have happened. So it's like, it's just, it's not worth it. Like just, I think generally speaking in life, we all like love the idea of being a hero and standing up for the right thing. But I think more often than not, you just end up falling flat on your face and no one gives a shit. And then you just kind of sit around going, why the fuck did I do the right thing? Now, I don't know that that's really a positive message, but um, that is kind of my takeaway on this. But really, who I think, what's shocking to me is that, like, I guess the Times put out an article about it. And now everybody is all over this situation. So if you ask me, like, the people who could have done something about it is... um. Well, why did it take the New York Times 20 years to write a story about this incident? Why did that take 20 years? Like, if this was so well-known, and you were able just to publish it in the paper and then take out this power icon who's been doing so much bad, if you guys had the the ability to, to just basically cast a magic wand and rid this world of this horrible evil, why did it take you this much time to do that? It doesn't seem like this was a new story, so if you guys had that power... Like, if anything, you guys, with the power to actually take a stand and make a change, to me, you guys are the villains for not doing it earlier. Why why did it take this long? Or what about the police? You know, that institution of people that are supposed to be there to protect us and ridding the world of horrible individuals like a guy who's running around raping, or I wouldn't say raping, but uh, I guess creeping on women? Well, what about those guys? You know, the people that we pay who can actually stand up to individuals like this, who have an army, who have detectives, who have a whole force of people who are paid an hour tax dollars to take care of these kind of things. To me, I mean, you haven't heard about this in the newspaper, but those are the the villains of the story. I mean, other than the Weinstein guy who was putting his dick into people, he's the real villain. But other than the Weinstein guy, I feel like there should be some chatter about how come the news stories didn't, you know, say boo about this earlier. And um, how come the cops never looked into it? And then on top of all that, you have a question of what is this court of public opinion that, um, you know, years later, if all these things were settled and uh, that's true, I wasn't I wasn't there. 
I don't know what happened between this male and all these females that are now claiming har, har, har. Um, but on that note, um, I've heard before Davy Smith um, has kind of gone after Hillary Clinton. And uh, one of the things he's gone after Hillary Clinton for, if you're a fan of part of the problem, is he said, uh, you look at Bill Clinton and you look at her other friend, who is the, uh, the Wiener character, and the way that they are sexually perverse, and you start to realize, who the fuck are these people? And then you throw this Weinstein character into that, it kind of adds the picture of like, wow, these are a bunch of creeps. But now Hillary Clinton did something so fucking funny. I don't have the article in front of me. I'm such a dumb fuck. But anyways... A lot of the people who receive money from this Harvey Weinstein guy, they're giving it to charity. So Hillary Clinton goes, yeah, of course I'm going to give that money to charity. And then this is what she goes. She goes, every year I give 10% of my income to charity, so this is going to be included in that. Which in other words means she's not giving the money to charity. She's not giving a single dime extra than what she normally gives. She's just like magically saying like, oh, that 10% is inclusive of the money. You know what I mean? It's like, that's like basically not giving charity where you're like, well, I, I pay my taxes every year. So um, including my taxes is like all this public goods. So I don't give, you know, you're not giving charity. You, you give the 30% or 40% that us all have to pay with our taxes. Like if you always give 10%. And then all of a sudden you find out that this was dirty money and you go, well, um, that dirty money is going to be included in the 10% that I always give away. You're not giving anything additional away. You're basically saying, I'm not doing anything for it. Also, for you being the feminist icon, like, theoretically, you should be the charity. Like, you should be the one. Like, um, no, it's good that I have Harvey Weinstein's money because I'm the person who stands up for women causes. So I'm going to give this to the Hillary Clinton fund, which is me, to help support more women causes and empowering women, blah, 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 nonsense, nonsense. All right, moving on. I feel like we've covered all the ins and outs of Harvey Weinstein and where that man puts his penis. And um, as we get more news on this story, I'll report it to you because, um, you know. All right, moving on. Trump down in Puerto Rico. So people got very upset. Let's play the clip of what this man had to say about Puerto Rico and what they are doing to our budget. Here we go. Now, I hate to tell you, Puerto Rico, but you've thrown our budget a little out of whack because we've spent a lot of money on Puerto Rico and that's fine. We've saved a lot of lives. If you look at... So Democrats, they got really pissed about this. Oh, did they get pissed? You know, they were like, uh, basically, they felt that his words were very insensitive. Um, Here was a line. He drew rebuke from Democrats who called the remarks callous. But really, the Democrats are against you ever mentioning the word budget. (laughs) They hear you talking about that we have to pay for things. And all of a sudden, they're like, hey, that's offensive. How dare you bring that up? And then, of course, when they reported the article, they didn't mention the fact that he said, yeah, it's good that we're saving lives or any of the rest of the quote. They just said, hey, Puerto Rico, you're really uh, blowing up our budget and then cut him off. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then the other thing that they were giving him shit for is, um, I don't know if you guys watched um, when he was throwing out the uh, paper towel rolls, but people also felt like that was um, insensitive of Donald Trump, that he was down there throwing out paper towels at the crowd. And I felt like... The incident, firstly, is just stupid. It's a photo opportunity. The guy's standing in a room handing out paper towels. That's clearly not helping anybody. He's giving out paper towels. It's not like, hey, guys, you're saved. I got paper towels. You can dry off your houses now, okay? This is it's the good stuff. It's the bounty. This stuff's super absorbent. One wipe, your whole house is going to be dry. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be so good, so good, you're going to come back and thank Trumpy for drying off your houses with paper towels. No, it's fucking stupid. We all understand what's going on. He's going down there, and he's giving out paper towels. And all of a sudden, you got this goofball who's an entertainer who's in a room that's packed with people who are trying to just interact with him. And so he's just kind of being fun and interacting with them. 
I, I did not see what the problem there was at all. People thought it was like crazy and sensitive. It's like, no, no, no he's actually a fun, like, I don't like Trump, but he's definitely kind of a fun, charismatic guy. And so he's in a room full of people that I, I guess probably waited on a line to get in there. I don't know how they put together those photo ops. And it's dumb. They're like crowding a table trying to get to him. So he's just having some fun, throwing out some paper towels. Like, if anything, I was, uh, all right, let's move on. Um, and then, dude, we got a couple uh, couple more nonsense articles, and then we're going to get balls deep into some chatter about um, gun control. And maybe for the for the gun control talk, I'll uh, throw a little music in the background. Not sure what yet. Maybe like, uh, maybe, I don't know, throw some, uh, some heavy metal or something. All right, next article. So facial recognition software scares the fuck out of me. Like, y- y- you think about all the ways that um, Facebook and... The internet's collecting data on us, and then you start thinking about, you first saw the movie like Minority Report, he's walking in and like they just automatically know who you are. There's something really creepy about that, like they can just tap into all your Facebook photos and then like just anywhere kind of recognize your face and just have all this profile of information about you. So to tack on to that creepiness, um, facial, by the way, this was, uh, oh yeah, the, tar- the, the article title was Facial Recognition Software Can Tell If You're Gay. So here's a little piece from the article. Facial recognition has other fascinating uses. Last month, Stanford professors Michael Kaczynski and Yilin Wang published a study involving 35 dating site images of white people between 18 and 40, all of whom had disclosed their sexual orientation. They ran these through a, um, through a recognition program called Face Plus and came up with a model that accurately predicted whether a man in a photo was straight or gay 81% of the time. And they could also tell who wasn't getting laid by those who were foaming at the mouth. <laughs> that's a joke. But that's fucking crazy. Um, they can literally tell if you're gay by your facial structure. And of course, the church came out and denied the usefulness of this. But that's because they're nervous that the second model will be able to tell who wants to fuck kids. So um, <laughs> obviously, they don't want that out in the world. Um, okay, here's another article that I read about facial recognition software, but that's scary as fuck that they can almost just tell what, like, you might be, like, like other heroin addicts also had low cheekbones, so there's a high probability that this guy would like heroin, and then they market it for you, but it wouldn't be heroin, it would be whatever the uh, pharmaceutical companies are trying to get out there, and so on the same note, I read this article in the journal, it was uh, an opinion piece called, uh, opinion piece called Saving Face Has a New Meaning. Um, so new smartphones know what you look like. And so basically there's like a scanning feature in there where they're able to, you know, basically, um, the, the, they'll be able to recognize your face, but not just that they'll be able to tell the mood you're in cause they can actually analyze the way you respond to things. Um, which also means that like they can purposely put like, Facebook did a study on this where they put information in front of people that gave them a shitty mood, which also means that you're more likely to buy compulsive shit. Like they could actually see your response to negative things and go, Oh, he doesn't respond well to articles about horrible things happen to kittens. Let's put a lot of those things on his page and then market a beer to him. I don't know. That's some fucked up shit, but enough of um, enough of that. Let's read a bit from this piece. So, by recognizing a long fee- face or an otherwise troubled one, it can help diagnose and treat the millions of Americans who suffer from depression or bipolar disorder. It could even be a part of the treatment, reminding them to take medication or reduce stress. And this is only scratching the surface of what the new iPhone can do for healthcare if allowed. Um, and my thought is, how does that help those of us who are looking to avoid our problems? 
You know what I mean? Like every day, you, you, like, you, you're trying to leave your house just convincing yourself that things are okay. Like you, you finish uh, checking that like your door was locked for a 12th time. You get on the subway and you're like, all right, I'm going to get through my work day. This thing is fine. I'll get through my work day. And then you look down at your phone and your phone's like, hey, I think you might be bipolar. It's like, fuck you, phone. You're not helping. I, I'm trying to get to work. Or like you're walking into work and, uh, you know, like the phone buzzes and it goes, our computer analysis is telling us you might be prone to panic attacks at work. <laughs> like, dude, I'm trying to go to work and get through my day. You mind shutting the fuck up? Like, dude, just trying to, just trying to get by. All right. Let's, uh, let's do, uh, Let's get into gun control, and um, we didn't discuss this last week because it was more important to uh, to kind of get into Yosef's diarrhea. So let's do it. Let's um, let's uh, talk a little bit about gun control, and for music, let's um, let's see what I got going on in my sidebar here. Uh... All right, now we are ready to uh, get balls deep into this uh, gun control issue. So, um, now this music is really the wrong setting for this next point that I want to make, but, um, I honestly, I I didn't want to talk about it last week for two reasons. First is, I think it's ridiculous that people go, now's the time to act while this just happened and we're making irrational emotional decisions. It's like, why don't don't we take a little bit a week? And I also just think it's so, to me, it's like, it's ridiculously insensitive. Like, imagine if that guy had used all illegal guns and I went, hey, you see, that's proof that we don't need gun control. That gun control would have done nothing to prevent this. Everyone would be like, dude, people just died. Like, give it a minute. Um, And so that's why we, uh, instead of discussing it, kind of did an episode about Yosei's bowel movements. But now it's a full week later. And, um... In my book, you know, the world moves fast, and I think now is the time to delve into gun control in this country. Um, Now, first and foremost is I've seen quite a few people who are calling for common sense regulation, which to me is such a cocky way to present your idea. Like, um, hey, I got a plan for common common sense healthcare reform. And we're like, what's your plan? He goes, we're going to unplug random hospital beds to save money. Well, that doesn't sound like common sense. Like, you can label, he's just labeling his idea as being common sense. Well, what makes it common sense? What's common sense about your idea? Okay, well, you think we should reduce guns. Well, let's see if that makes sense. So that's not common sense. All right, so I want to tell you why I'm pro-gun. Now, I get why some people don't love the idea of their neighbors owning assault rifles. I get that. And that's why I wish government was um, not at a federal level and more of us could just live in areas with like-minded people. And if you wanted to live in an area where no one had guns, you can live in a state where other people don't like having guns since they ban guns. I mean, it's like living in a private neighborhood. To me, that's not a big deal. I respect why some people don't want to live in a society that has guns. Fine. I get it. Like, I, I, I get the logic of it. I get why... People see incidents like this that happen, and they're instantly like, "What? Well, th- this is this. This seems preventable. Like, why? Why do these items exist in the world? We can prevent this." Um, so now I want to kind of lay out why, in my opinion, I think it's important that people do have guns. Um, so the first one is, and we've said this before on the podcast: idiots, assholes, and complainers. I don't like that we're molding society around the worst people. So, for example, I've shot a gun. It is a ton of fucking fun. Like, I'm a dude who, um, I'm like, I'm very typically, like, the guy who will go do something and be like, oh, that kind of sucked. Like, just the fucking prick of the group. 
The guy who just with his arms folded. Kind of, unless I'm drinking. If I'm drinking, I'm all, I would say I've, I've kind of grown out of that. That would be more my teenage self. Now I kind of just know how to make things fun, and it's called drugs and alcohol. Um, but I could definitely be a guy who, like, uh, I still have that with movies. Like, if I go to see a movie, I'll mostly be like, that fucking sucked. Um, but of all the activities that I've done in my life that I thought sucked, shooting a gun was not one of them. I just, I, I only did it once. I was out with uh, Louis J. Gomez on the road, a fan of a Gomite, had um, invited us into his backyards to shoot some guns, and it was fucking fun. A ton of fun. And so, there's something to be said for, like, I like having my gun. It's a lot of fun to shoot. The fact that that guy's being an asshole with his gun, why does that mean I can't do this thing that brings me a lot of joy? Um, and that's that, that, that's really almost like a philosophical question. Like, do we want to mold society around the idiots, assholes, and complainers? That some people are going to take certain items and they're going to go out and they're going to be a fucking prick with it. And the fact that someone's being a prick and, you know, misusing an item, does that mean that you shouldn't have that item? It's like if people go and use drugs and they abuse them um, and they end up dying, does that mean the rest of us shouldn't have that, like, shouldn't be allowed to recreationally... Uh, do drugs or, or look at it this way there are plenty of people who have kids and they you know they're just shitty parents they shouldn't have kids so should we outlaw the experience of having kids I, you can look at almost everything that way it's like should we should we ban something for the entire group for all of society because some people can't handle it and so some people will say yes there's a risk factor and in my opinion it's why, why are we going to mold society around the worst individuals um that's just kind of my take, but like I said, it's it's um it, it, it's kind of the way your brain's wired of what you think's more important. To me, freedom is more important. People being able to do what they want and not making all of our lives worse for a couple individuals. Um, on that same note, I mean, this was kind of crazy, but um, I, I we're shooting an upcoming newsroom sketch that includes a gun, and I was just trying to get like a toy gun that I could use to shoot for it. It was nearly impossible in New York City. I couldn't get a toy gun shipped here. You can't go outside with something painted. You can't even do the orange tip. I couldn't get a brightly colored gun shipped here to then try and like paint to use inside of my own apartment for a sketch. I had to go back to Connecticut to get some $8 toy gun that I'm now going to have to paint to use illegally in my apartment for a sketch to then paint back so I'm not in violation of the law. Um, and so the fact that laws like that exist so that a person like me can't try and make, well, you could, in quotes, art or stupidity or just something that I think is funny that other people are going to enjoy. All right. I feel like we're, uh, so that's argument number one is that I don't think that we should mold society around idiots, assholes, and complainers. A guy that goes out and shoots a whole bunch of people is an asshole. And so I don't think we should take away an item from people that some people enjoy just because one guy can't handle it. Um, now that's not like a that's not a bulletproof argument and I get why some people just wouldn't agree with that but that's kind of my opinion okay here's the next one I'm taking this stat I almost never watch SNL I watched SNL this week they actually had one really funny joke about um, like the amount of guns that he owned I'm not going to tell the joke you can go look it up but they had a second joke that they had this in the premise of it so if it's not accurate it's on SNL but I'm running with their the information from their premise which was 3% of the country has all the guns, which to me, doesn't it sound like it would be smart to be on that team? Like th those are the people with all the guns. Like look at it this way. If currency collapsed or something or government if fell away tomorrow, guns are power. Like if we, like if currency collapsed, what do you think is going to equal like currency in the future? It's going to be people with guns. Cause that's just, that just means you can protect yourself. 
that, that, that that's power right there. It's going to be like gold. It's going to be food. And so to me, it's like if you really look at why would you want just government to have that power? Like, wh- why wouldn't you want to di- diversify that? Like, having guns means that you like you, you're potentially you can have an army, you can have an imposing force. Like, you can be a source of like just raw power that you can institute your will on other people. So why wouldn't we want to diversify who could like, in other words, almost like maximize the threat of the usage of force so that no one wants to engage in force. It's almost like the nuclear deterrent, the way the nuclear deterrent exists between countries. Like we're not going to go nuke Russia because they'll nuke us back. So it's almost like if everyone has a gun, no one's going to run into the street and just start shooting people because, you know, or, or you're not going to go start a fight with your neighbors because of the fear of violence that comes back. Whereas if there's just one person with a gun, um, well, then they can actually maybe start imposing their will on other individuals. Now, this argument, um, and I, I recommend I'm going to read a small piece of it, but um, George Reisman had a piece called On the Government Guns. And um, what he explains in this piece, what happens to my music? Why is my internet not working? Can someone answer that for me? Where is my engineer to tell me why, while I'm in the middle of a roll, uh, all right, whatever, let's, uh, let's continue with this piece by George Reisman. Oh, now not only... All right, people, and we're back an entire day later. Why? Because uh, the computer crashed out, that this wasn't working, then my roommate came back, and uh, uh, it's the perils of uh, trying to run a podcast network and television studio out of your apartment. Right when you got good flow. <clears throat> but anyways, uh, to get back into it, and of course, you guys are just listening to it. You're like, why the fuck are you even telling this to me? But um, we we're trying to talk about why everyone needs a gun. And the reason why everyone needs a gun is that we got to diversify the power. Um, and so I recommend reading George Reisman's On the Government Guns. And one of the big arguments that he puts forth there is you got to look at some of the tragedies, um, the death tolls that have existed in human history. You look at the amount of people that kill- Hitler killed, that Stalin killed, that Mao killed. Those are millions of deaths. And that was all perpetrated on individuals by government. So if we're trying to look at the risk factors of people not having guns, you got to put up their tyrannical governments and that they can turn on people and kill a shit ton of people. And so when you look at that, you start to realize, yeah, we should diversify the power of who can actually have guns and, uh, you know, impose their will on other people. Um, And now this argument, people hate it because they're like, well, you know, the, the U.S. government, they got drones, they got tanks and Um, In my opinion, they would never actually use that on civilians. Um, So first and foremost, it wouldn't be effective. Like, look at our war in Vietnam. We couldn't win that war. The entire U.S. Army went there, and since they didn't know who the enemy was with the Viet Cong and shit, we couldn't win that war. Imagine if an army tried to come into New York City and everyone had even just a handgun. You You think the army would win that fight? And then also look at what happened um, in Egypt when they turned on... um, when they turned on, uh, I always get confused with Mubarak and Gaddafi. I think Mubarak was Libya, Gaddafi. I might have that backwards. Mubarak was Egypt, yeah. But when he got overturned, overturned, it was because the army didn't stand with him. The people revolted and the army finally turned. You have to have a shit ton of capital to give to your army for them to actually go to war with its own civilians. Like, if it becomes a battle between, like, the cops and people with guns, it becomes very clear, like, oh, the people are not looking for this policy to be implemented. Like, imagine, like, imagine if there was a policy tomorrow, like, where um, Trump decided he was, like, kicking out not, not just the Mexicans, but all brown people, like Muslims, just a- any, any brown people. Not black people. Black people are homegrown. They can stay. But, but, but brown tinges. You're Indian. You're, uh, um, you're Pakistani. 
you're you're from any Arab countries or you're or you're Mexican, he's tossing you out. And and they're they're coming around, they're rounding people up. You might have some people that decide fuck that. I do not want to live in a country where that's going on and stand up and fight. Might happen, might not happen. But I think the fact that when they sit down and they make these government decisions, they are aware of the fact, like, we we can't do that. We're not that powerful. We'll never get away with that policy. Um, and so in that way, I actually think that the fact that civilians have guns does, te- does keep the government in check. Once again, that's kind of like a headier argument. Some people buy it. Some people don't. Um, now, the next argument is I read this, um, this book that was really interesting by this guy called... Uh, his name is Lawrence B. Lindsay, and the book is called Conspiracies of the Ruling Class. I recommend this book. Um, this guy was in the Bush cabinet, and I think he was a uh, big time, um, big time thought that the Iraq War was a bad idea, and so then he got kicked out of the Bush, uh, the Bush cabinet. But what this guy argues is um, basically, and this is uh, you can go back to previous episodes. I don't want to repeat myself too much, but we said the the picnic example where your friend keeps fucking things up. And like he was supposed to show up with the booze and the beef, and he shows up with the shit. You know, he shows up with rotten meat and uh, and Manischewitz wine. And instead of going, okay, so we're not going to give you more money for the next time we have a barbecue together, people go, oh, we just have to give him more money. That that's what the government is. They fuck up everything, and then they pretend like they can fix it. And the only reason they're really doing that is they want more of our money. They want to control more of the resources, and they're claiming they can help, but they can't. It's a lie. It always has been a lie. It always will be a lie. They're dysfunctional. So he does quite an interesting number breakdown on gun violence in this country. And so I, I want to read a single paragraph from this. But first, the first thing he points out is, and, and he throws like a few too many stats for me to read, so you guys can do your own Google research, but a huge percentage of death um, by guns that happen in this country are by criminals. So those are already people that current gun control laws should have limited from having guns. But now I want to read this one paragraph. Consider these statistics in terms of overall gun violence. Government data show that in 2013, there were 33,636 gun deaths in the United States. Of these... 21,175 are suicides. While these suicides are all tragedies, they are not the target of proposals for more gun legislation. Another 505 deaths were deemed accidents, a figure that has been dropping sharply over recent decades. Another 466 gun deaths were committed by police officers in the line of duty, and 286 were justifiable homicides committed by private citizens defending themselves against an armed attacker. That leaves 11,023 murders committed with guns, which included in that 11,000 are going to be people that weren't legally supposed to have guns anyways. So when you start evaluating, hey, what do we have to do to prevent 11,000 deaths in this country? Understand that that's a minuscule number. And then put that against the risk factor of if we consolidate all of the guns to just the government or all just to one group of people and the threat that might come with that. And you start to realize, oh, maybe it actually is a really good idea that civilians do have guns. Um and then the last argument, which um, I'm just going to mention, and then I'll, I'll recommend, because um, Dave Smith did an entire hour on this. Um, I think I wrote down the episode number. It was um, episode 271, Murder and Theft, a part of the problem. So I'll just give it a mention. But um, there is the factor that if you were to make guns illegal, you're turning a lot of otherwise law-abiding citizens into criminals. 
Um, there are a lot of people that like they could have spent their whole life. They have a gun cabinet. They like their gun cabinet, and now all of a sudden, with the magical wand, you just turned something that they've had their entire life illegal. And to think that people are just going to turn it over to the government um, is foolish. The example he pointed out was that that didn't happen in New York State, and um, I, he really flushed out that idea. So just to kind of recap real quick. The big ideas on why we all need to have guns is one, it diversifies who has power. Um, two, we should not cater society to the idiots, the assholes, or the complainers. Um, and lastly, there's no reason to make more criminals in the prevention of 11,000 deaths, which I'm sure if you start comparing to traffic accidents or just about any other cause of deaths, you're, you're going to find that that's a. Uh, seriously minuscule number to be parading around the news and um terrified of um but all right i I think that's it um once again i guess we'll virtue signal here for a second not minimizing the tragedy what happened in las vegas i mean it absolutely sucks to get murdered it sucks that there are crazy people out there who will go out with a machine gun and slaughter a whole bunch of people all of that sucks um but i don't think uh I, i think if we take these freak little these freak things that happen and we try and prevent them. It's um, it, it it's a waste of resources. Um, and uh, this is weird that I'm done. I feel like I'm I'm first getting started. I'm fucking cooking over here. And I, I mean, I got no, I got more news stories. I I could do another hour, but you know, I'll save it for next week with Yussle. I got I got some big topics. One of which, maybe I can give him a preview so he can start preparing for this. No, no, I'm I'm gonna save it. I, I'm I'm even gonna cut this off a couple minutes ago. All right, pals. That's it. Catch us next week.